Welcome to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And on our show, we talk about ideas that matter. And I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. Our goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, in ways that get us hoping, get us dreaming, get us laughing, get us thinking about what do we want to be, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do a bit more because we made the connection. This week, you may have heard my promos about why I vote. I vote for hope, hmm. not hate. As Michelle Obama says, hope will win out. When we created this country, it was in order to form a more perfect union. And each generation, we figure out, what does more perfect mean? What does it mean to work towards something? It's also to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. So what is liberty? What's freedom? And what do we want, not only for our generation, but the next generation? Ultimately, I believe it's more than me. It's got to be more than me. So as we struggle with each generation figuring out what it means to be free, what it means to secure the blessings of liberty, what does freedom truly mean, no matter your gender, your race, your religion, your sexual identity, your physical ability, and how do we at this point face the fever of hate? What will break the fever of hate? And I do believe we've got to realize, all of us, that it's more than me. It's got to be more than me. So I have a wonderful group today that will be sharing why it's important to vote. Now, if you're a listener here on AM 950, I'm just going to wager that you probably are all ready to vote. And bless you for it. Uh, we want you to vote. But this election... It's not about just you voting, because it's more about getting everyone out to vote. How do we create the environment and the opportunity and the context and the education for the folks to feel that it is their responsibility and it is their privilege and it is something that can impact the next 60 years? I believe this is one of our most important elections. And what are we doing not only to vote, but what are we doing to bring out the vote? How are we helping others to understand? And I believe that we can inspire others by sharing our stories. If we share our story about why it's important and we commit to getting someone else to that voting poll, you know, does that mean taking them out to lunch and helping them to convince you know, that voting is important? Does it mean driving them there? Yes. You know, what are we going to do that's more? Uh, because I, I appreciate that you're going to get out the vote. But now I'm going to ask you to do something more. I'm going to ask you to get others out for the vote, too. And I have these great folks that are going to be sharing about why they vote. I have Tabitha Montgomery, who is the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association Executive Director. Welcome, Tabitha. Good morning, Lori. So glad you're here. Likewise. I have Asma Mohammed, who is with the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, and, Ch and it's called RISE. Hi, uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing a show next week on RISE, so I'm excited about that as well. And she is our advocacy chair or director, director. advocacy director. director for RISE. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I have David O'Fallon, who is the president of the Humanity Centers here in Minnesota. Welcome, David. Thank you, Lori. So glad that you're here. And I have my uh, co uh, host today, Peter Reckliffe, who is from the Eastside Freedom Library. Welcome, Peter. Uh, thank you, Lori. And Kadi Versailles. Now, Kadi has also been on our show. Uh, Kadi does work with visitor services to help ensure multicultural support. She does this wonderful cultural intelligence to help inspire both the visitor as well as the folks that work for visitor centers. Welcome. Good morning. So, Tabitha. Yes. <laughs> Share with me your vision for voting and why it's so important. Well, first, uh, let me just say thank you again for inviting me and everyone else in this room um, onto your show. 
Um, we are just delighted to have an opportunity to share with your listening audience just a few of the reasons that I think that we're all excited, jazzed, thrilled to bring this over the plate on Tuesday when it comes to our, our right, our choice, our decision to embrace voting. And so um, where I'm at right now is that I believe that voting is one of many, one of many powerful paths to possibility. And I think the possibilities that we all seek are infinite, and they are really akin to the reality of the fact that right now in this moment, change is happening as we talk, as we, as we debate, as we look at the national conversation of our politics. In every single moment, change is happening. And if in every single moment, change is happening, then I firmly believe that my next moment can be better than the last. And so when I talk about a powerful path to possibility, I think that it's about me thinking about personally, who do I think my vote will put in the room who's willing to listen to my voice, who's willing to take seriously my concerns, whether it be related to the material lack of livable and affordable housing, whether it be to the continued egregious income inequality across this country, um, whether it be to just the victimization of communities through over-policing and still not understanding that when we are serving in community with our police officers, then we get better outcomes. So I think that I believe that it is incumbent upon me to be very sober in my decision about who I cast my vote for because I am very much uh, excited about the possibilities beyond this current moment. I believe that there's a lot of work to do and I think that we all need to be very mindful of people who are more excited about where we can be together as opposed to where we were yesterday. And some uh, folks need to be fired. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I think that the, the crazy thing is we all have been and are familiar with what it means to lose a position, a position you believe that you were good at and certainly positions that we know that we weren't so good at. And there's no shame in that. Right. Um, and I've been in a position in my career to have had occasion to have had to tell people this is no longer a good fit for you. And without passion, without um, animosity, without making that person feel as if they're less than. But I've been clear. And I think that this moment is a similar one. And it calls us to be very clear on whether or not the people that we vote for deserve to continue in this current line of employ. And it is not something that we should do lightly. It's not something that we should um, do to say that you are unworthy of living. And I know the end of your story because we don't. I don't know the end of um, our current president's chapter. I actually believe that in and of himself as a human being, because I believe in the power of restoration, um, that he couldn't have any number of meaningful futures. What I, what I am clear on, however, is that he and his administration doesn't seem to be up to the task. And when you find yourself in a moment and you're clear that the person doesn't seem to be up to the task by which they've been given, cast your vote for the possibility of someone who can. And so if he welcomes the fact that this vote from a national perspective is a referendum on him, then I think that we all need to look and say, even if there are some policies that you believe that are working out in your favor, um, when you are the president of these United States, it takes more than that. You have to want to lead these United States and not just some states. And when you choose to just lead some states, then I think that that is in and of itself disqualifying. And we should be looking for all leaders who are willing to say that I am a public servant. To understand what it means to be a public servant is not a servant of some. It's not a servant of few. It's not a servant of those that you like. It is a servant of all. And if you feel in your heart that there is someone on the ballot that does not align with that standard, then you must, you must pass on that particular candidate. It is incumbent upon all of us not only just to cast our vote, but understand once we do it, what it means after we elect them. We have to walk alongside them if we believe that there's actually possibility. And so I started with saying that I'm going to cast my vote for those that I believe that will listen to my concerns as a voter that I believe will actually attempt and do their level best to align their votes, whether it be in Congress or whether it be here in our state 
bodies that they will cast decisions that somberly, soberly, and very thoughtfully take into account all the lives that that decision will reach. And right now, I think that we are at an unfortunate point where people are so committed to one view, right, of how they see the land and not what the entire citizenry is saying needs to be taken into account. And so there's a lot of listening that needs to be done, and there's a lot of action that we all need to take, and I believe it starts with casting a vote. In the context of we've not always had the right to vote and the privilege of being able to vote, Peter, I know we're going to be moving into the next segment and talking a little bit about our rights to vote and how they were hard won. Um, if you want to just give us a little bit of a, an overview of, of your thoughts on, on voter suppression and, and the right that we have the vote at this point, but what can we also do to keep that vote alive? Well, I think that um, it's ironic that the slogan, Make America Great Again, um, has taken up so much space uh, in, our, in our community, in our country's conversations. Um, because for a lot of people, it was never great. Um, and part of being great is having a voice, is being included. Community is an active process. It's not just a census of toll-taking, um, but it really is participating in shaping the policies of the community in which you live. And so the scope of citizenship in the United States uh, started out very restricted. It was white men with property. Um, and that excluded not only the enslaved people, women, um, but it also excluded those white men who did not own property. And we have been part of a 200-year process fighting to expand that scope of who is a citizen who gets to participate. And we'll learn more about that in our next segment. Stay with us, AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and you're listening to Connections Radio Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Lowry Hill Meats, your neighborhood full-service butcher shop that works directly with family farms. Using whole animals gives Lowry Hill Meats the benefit of preparing custom cuts and dry aging. They offer beef, lamb, goat, pork, and poultry, including whole duck, roasting hens, turkey, quail, pheasant, and Cornish hens. Their sausages are made fresh in-house weekly using 40 rotating recipes. Try their handcrafted sandwiches. They are second to none. Lowry Hill Meats is located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis or online at LowryHillMeats.com. Hello, I'm Dave Hutch, DFL-endorsed candidate for Hennepin County Sheriff. I've been a police officer for 15 years, and I'm running for sheriff because I believe our elected sheriff should have a vision of public safety that includes everyone, no matter where they're from or what they look like. I believe in transparency, responsiveness, and open communication. As sheriff, I will rethink how the sheriff's office interacts with ICE. I'll require crisis intervention and de-escalation training for all Hennepin County deputies. I will make it a priority to protect everyone of Hennepin County, including our immigrant communities and our native community. I will provide mentally ill individuals with treatment and services needed to stay out of jail. I will never send Hennepin County deputies to break up protests at places like Standing Rock. And I will never stop working to improve the relationships between the police and the communities we serve. Let's start working together for a safe and healthy Hennepin County. I'm Dave Hutch, and I'm asking for your vote for Hennepin County Sheriff. Paid and prepared by Hutch for Sheriff Volunteer Committee. Hello, humans! It's Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m., where I talk about being a practical idealist. I want to invite you to a special talk I'm giving, Gray Area Thinking, on Monday, November 5, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Open Book Literary Center in Minneapolis. I've been giving this talk, Gray Area Thinking, to businesses all across North America. Now I'm offering Gray Area Thinking to the general public. Gray Area Thinking teaches how to be more accepting of people who look different than you or me, or who are LGBTQ or of a different religion. It's work grounded in the teachings of Dr. King and Robert F. Kennedy. 
I'd love for you to join me on Monday, November 5th at Open Book at 6.30 p.m. To register, Google Eventbrite Tickets Gray Area Thinking or go to elliekrug.com and look for Human is Human Public Events on the menu. Please come and please bring someone. More than ever, our country needs gray area thinking. Good morning and welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where today we're talking about rocking the vote. We want to have folks get out and do the vote. There's a great website called rockthevote.org if you've got questions about uh, where folks stand on issues, about where their polls are. Go to rockthevote.org and you'll be able to find out that information. Sometimes people feel like they just don't know enough and they don't feel comfortable voting. You can use a thing called Google and you can find Rock the Vote and you can find out where people stand. Uh, Because we want everyone out there to make a difference and to vote for the folks that they want to have in office because they work for us and we need to take that back and realize that we can be empowered to hire the people that best represent who we want. Through this week, we've been doing promos about why we vote. I'm voting for hope, not hate. And I believe in the potential and the possibility of a multicultural world that celebrates each other. Mm -hmm. And I think we can make a difference. And I think it would be a better world. And the world that we have right now has a lot of hate in it. And I'd like to help be a part of changing that. And I have a great group here today that are going to be all sharing their stories. We just heard from Tabitha Montgomery in the first segment. If you missed Tabitha uh, and you heard you did not hear the first segment, you can listen to our podcast, and I highly recommend it. Um, Tabitha Montgomery is the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association Executive Director. Welcome, Tabitha. Thanks for having me on, Lori. Absolutely. Cotty Versailles. Welcome. She is um, a consultant for visitor centers. She does a marvelous job with multicultural intelligence and creating a great environment for both the visitors and the folks that work for the visitor center. Good morning. Good morning. Peter Ratcliffe, who is my co-host today, he is from the Eastside Freedom Library and is the co-executive director. And also, the first Saturdays of the month are all about the Eastside Freedom Library and the Eastside. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to be with this group this morning. Absolutely. David O'Fallon, the president of the Humanity Center. Welcome. So glad you're here. Thanks, Laurie. And Asma Mohammed, who is with RISE and is their advocacy director. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Peter, in the last segment, you started to talk to us about the history of the vote. Tell us more. Well, I, I think that what's most relevant to understand is that the right, the expansion of the right to vote has never been a gift uh, from the people on the top of the economic, political, and social structure. Um, the franchise has been expanded because people have demanded access, uh, have claimed uh, the right to a voice. The last time I was in this room with you, Lori, we were discussing the play The Agitators at Park Square Theater about Frederick Douglass and Susan B. Anthony. And to quote Frederick Douglass, it's always worth quoting Frederick Douglass, um, without struggle there is no progress, power concedes nothing without a demand. And we can read American history as the history of people on the margins fighting to gain their access to the center. And whether it was uh, formerly enslaved people after the Civil War, whether it was white men without property in the 1830s and 40s, whether it was white and black women in the late 19th and early 20th century, whether it was the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s, um, there has been one struggle after another to expand the franchise. And I want to tell just one brief story that... Uh, I think three or four weeks ago was National Voter Registration Day, and I had the remarkable pleasure of having two Karen women come to the Eastside Freedom Library who have been coming weekly to be part of a women weaving group. And they came and said they wanted to set up a voter registration table and register white folks, black folks, immigrants from other communities, that they saw that now that they were citizens and voters, they immediately had a responsibility Mm -hmm. to encourage other people to do the same. And that's been the best part of American history. Mm. Excellent. I have Karen on the line. Karen, are you with us? You. 
Hi, Karen. Well, good morning, Laurie, and good morning, everyone in studio. We're so glad you're here. And you're, uh, Karen uh, Olson-Johnson is one of my co-hosts for our shows, and she is working very closely with the Women's Press. And are you going to share your story about why you vote? My story about why I vote has to do with one of the things that we heard at our last Women's Press event, which is the the event was in October. It was called Using Our Voice and Vote, and... I'll say good morning to Asma because Asma was morning. there. Good morning, Asma. <laughs> um, and this is, this is one of those most important pieces, one of those most important pieces about how it is that we move forward in solidarity, which is that, you know, here's the, here's the point, Lori. You know, the issues that are out there are not my issues or your issues. They are our issues. When we believe in a common good, when we believe... In uh, when we all do better, we all do better. The issues that are out there are our issues. So you vote because the issues are ones that we need to take into account for everyone as that vote is progressed. And so that that's me in progressive solidarity, progressing the notion that we're all in this together. And that's why I vote. Thank you, Karen. And with that, it's a it's a great transition transition to asthma. To tell us about the work that you are doing. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, again, this is Asma Muhammad, and I work for Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. And as the advocacy director there, what I do is make sure that Muslim women are empowered through their political voices. And so that means we are doing grassroots lobbying and making sure that people are talking to their legislators about issues that matter to them. Um, and then throughout the year, we are making sure that people connect with their legislators and candidates and that our voices are at the table because we know that decisions that are made without us are not decisions for us. <laughs> um, and as a Muslim woman, as a woman of color, uh, I know that it's really hard to feel like I'm a part of the process and that my voice matters. So I just want to share quickly um, why I got involved in this work. And so my mom came here from Pakistan in the 1980s and my dad came from India. And both were involved um, locally in politics and their families were as well. But realized when they came here that many decisions were being made about them without them. And so they raised me to be very much involved in what was going on in my community. And when I realized that people didn't care enough about the fact that I was there, I was like, I'm going to fight for this. So if you look me up on Twitter, which you totally should, um, <laughs> my name is Asma Razit. So people are like, what are you resisting? And I'm like, the patriarchy, white supremacy, all these things. And that's really what I'm doing when I vote and when I get Muslim women out to vote. Um, just the other day, I brought together a group of Muslim women and um, asked them to get out the vote with me. And we made calls to Muslims all around Minnesota. And so many of them were like, I've never done this before. And I just realized how important it is because I know that there are people in power right now who do not want me to be here. Mm -hmm. And so that got a lot of people there to say, there are people who don't want me. So I'm going to be even more loud. I'm going to take up more space. Let me expand my body and my voice so that every single person who hears me knows that I need this space, that I deserved it and that I should be here. David. There's a phrase that I carry with me that this conversation inspires me to remember, and it's from Elizabeth Cady Stanton, as some of you know, who struggled for the right for women to vote. And the phrase is this, from anxiousness to anger to analysis to action. And that's what I hear. There's a lot of anxiousness in the world right now, and there's anger, and then let's go to analysis. Who cares for me? Who's listening to me? How am I involved? to action, and the action we're talking about today is the vote. And we're going to get out the vote and rock the vote. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we're on Connections Radio Show. There are lots of ways to stay comfortable in a Minnesota winter. Hot cocoa, warm socks, and Standard's Winter Comfort Sale, where you can save up to $2,090 on a brand new 96% energy-efficient furnace. There's also great deals on a variety of other furnaces and boilers. Don't wait. Unlike winter, these deals end November 30th. Learn more about Standard's Winter Comfort Sale at standardheatingdeals.com radio. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, comfort you deserve. 
I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club invites you to check out their beautiful facilities for your next special occasion. Book your wedding reception, retirement party, business dinner, or other special event with confidence, knowing their expert staff and award-winning chef will make it a big hit with your guests. Call today to get a quote, 763-571-9020. Lowry Hill Meats, located at 1934 Hennepin Avenue in Minneapolis, are friends with their farmers. Relying on regionally sourced, clean, quality meats, they take pride in their aged beef, skin-on pork, house-made sausages, and air-dried poultry. Their house-made sandwiches should not be missed. Find them online at LowryHillMeats.com. I started going cold turkey. Well, at least when I'm in the car. I know I shouldn't do it, but it's so hard to stop. That's why I hide it from myself, so I won't be tempted. I used to do it all the time. I stopped by locking it in my glove compartment. My friend used to do it way too much. Now I turn it off when we're in the car. My solution is simple. I just don't do it. There are lots of ways to stop yourself and others from texting and driving. How will you stop? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Tom Harbin. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today we'll see rain with a high near 44. Tonight the rain will continue with a low around 36. Tomorrow there'll be more rain with a high near 41. Monday, mostly cloudy with a high near 47. And Tuesday, cloudy with a high near 43. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Nightingale. They offer something for everyone's taste buds, from seafood to unbelievable vegetarian options. Come visit them at 2551 Lindale Avenue South in Minneapolis. More details at eatlocalminnesota.com. Good morning. You're listening to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we're rocking the boat. And we're telling our stories and we're making it real and allowing folks to think through not only why they're voting, but also why they want to help others to get out the boat as well. Asma Mohammed, yes. who is the advocacy director for RISE, uh, was just sharing her story about why it's important. And we were talking in the break about unfiltered asthma. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm a little too much for you, you might want to turn this down just a, t- just a tidbit. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm here for everyone who has a loud voice. I mean, I think for many years in my life, I had been told that I was either too much or, or not enough. Um, and as a child of immigrants, as a woman of color, as a Muslim woman, people have so many expectations that they place on me. As a Muslim woman, people are like, you probably shouldn't be talking. Isn't your dad going to be mad? I'm like, no, my dad's the one who taught me. <laughs> um, my dad is the, the one who taught me how to throw the second punch, right? He was like, if someone, if someone comes at you, you go back. Right. And so I've always taken that into every single thing that I do. Like I I'm a constant resistor. I'm an agitator. I am not quiet. (laughs) And it's because I know that my parents fought for me to be here. Um, My grandmother was a part of one, a part of a family that was during partition of India and Pakistan. Um, She had to go with her family and avoid like murderers, rapists and people just to get to this land that was created for Muslims to be free and to to practice freely. And when she came to America, she was like, I'm leaving this behind so my kids and their kids can have a beautiful future. So every single day that I am here, if I am not fighting for other women who look like me, other children to be able to do what I do. 
I'm not, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> and I want to be able to say that I'm doing, I'm doing right by my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's super, super important for, for women like me, for people like me who maybe did not feel like they were a part of the process to realize that maybe this process wasn't created for us because it damn sure wasn't. You heard Peter in the beginning talk about how voting was only for white men with property and then only white men, then only white women and then black men and black women and then native women and Asian women. Like we, they didn't want us to be a part of this, about a part of this nation. But here we freaking are, right? <laughs> here we are. And so I think it's so important for us to be loud and to reclaim the space that we are on. First of all, this land was never those white men to begin with, <laughs> right? <laughs> I have been welcomed I have been welcomed here by Native leaders in the community mm-hmm. who have said, this is our land, is. But, but you are here. And we recognize that. And for me to be on this land, I need to recognize that it's important for every single one of us to to have our voices heard, to make sure that the people in power, that the white men who are in power right now who don't want me to be here, realize that they are making decisions about me and that I'm going to hold them accountable because even though I didn't vote for them, my neighbors did, yeah. and they're representing me. Yeah. Yeah. I also have Kati Versailles, who's here today, mm-hmm. to share her story. Uh, Kati does beautiful work with multicultural environments, especially visitor centers, and to help it create cultural intelligence for making a more welcoming environment for the visitors, as well as to empower the staff to have a, a, a better experience in their, their multicultural uh, development. Kati, tell sure. us your story, which is also an immigrant story. Sure. So um, I am a proud representative of the time-honored tradition leader uh, voters in this country, which are women of color. Um, I'm also a representative of the Latina um, women in this country, and I was inspired to appreciate the honor and privilege of becoming a voter from a very strong Latina woman herself, my mother. And I just remember seeing her with her limited um, English education, I'm sorry, with her limited education in general and ability to comprehend English and thinking to myself, how are we socializing a bright and intelligent um, an empowered woman, such as my mother, to understand what happens in that ballot box. I remember people coming to our house and with her limited understanding of everything that was going on and comprehension of what they could have possibly been you know, t- telling her, um, just watching her listen so intently, so sincerely, and realizing, just knowing that there were people that weren't coming to that door. And those people that weren't coming to that door and that were not um, entertaining the thought of my mother were... Uh, missing the opportunity to educate and inform a really important person. And then literally um, having people teach her how to actually get to the ballot box and and being in that car with her and watching them coach her into that ballot box and then just realizing she was abandoned at that point. At that point, with everything that she was and everything that she wasn't, with everything that our society has given her to uh, prepare her to make an intelligent and powerful um, decision in that moment, what would she, what could she possibly have been thinking? And so when I look at the voter more than me movement, my commitment in this election is to make sure that people that are representative of my mother's experience that don't have the depth of content that has been tailored and or delivered to them in a way that is meaningful in a way that is um, that uh, really represents um, the responsibility of being a, a voter holistically um, and just making sure that I am a tool for someone uh, so that we can birth another voter. Also, uh, not just myself voting anymore, but that it's all about bringing somebody else along for that journey and making sure that someone that is representative of, you know, the culture that I um, that I honor and that I, that I represent uh, shows up at that box more powerfully this year. And I'm really excited about that. I love the birth of voter. Mm-hmm. It's a painful process, you know. <laughs> and, 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 there are people that look at you and go, "Well, I just don't know if I'm going to vote this year. I just don't know enough." Well, yeah. How, how do we help them provide content and context so that they? 
feel inspired? There's an analysis paralysis that comes with voting, whether you fully understand, you know, everything that's out there for you to um, digest or not. And we have to help people get past that in any way that we can. And I think that just making sure that people get the information in a way that um, is easy for them to process um, and easy for them to sort of utilize, um, that that's the goal. We, If we can all do that a little bit better than we did it before, we can have a more um, a more thoughtful and, and more powerful vote this year. And we have a caller. Mario. Is Mario online for me? I'm on the line. Hello, Mario. Mario is joining us um, because I have invited him as well to be part of the show. Mario, you actually did more than voting. You have a run for office. And you're a young Latino man who has won his election. Tell me about why you felt it was important to take a leadership role and, and actually go out and ask for the vote yourself. So my voter experience, you know, I've, I've been on the phone now uh, listening to other great voter experiences, um, but my context is a little different. So, um, you know, I'm the son of immigrant parents who uh, fled their countries in Central America amid civil war. And so their idea of politics and, and in general engagement in politics uh, was framed through that lens. Um, and so growing up, um, politics was not mentioned in the home. Um, you know, it was voting. I didn't hear about voting until I was like 15. Um, and so for me, uh, that experience um, made it particularly important knowing that I, my story was not an isolated incident, especially in my community. Um, and so being able to have our community see that, you know, you can engage in politics in this country in a safe and a healthy way, and that it's not as it was in, in perhaps the countries where our parents came from, uh, was extremely important to me. And as such, having our community here uh, realize that elected officials um, are here to serve, and if you do it with the right intent, um, you, can, you can impact so many lives around you. Um, so that was that was the major major part of of my taking the leap and and running for office, and you did it in Rhode Island. Correct. And Correct. you put yourself out there. It it's it is a tough journey to take the role of I want to lead. Share a little bit about what that meant to you. For me, um, I think I think it, it it was tough in in. You know, I mentioned that never been involved in politics, um, don't come from a political family, don't know the ins and outs of politics. But the one thing that I did realize is that growing up as a kid, I never had, you know, that interaction with my local uh, you know, elected official. Um, and so I wanted to, to provide that experience, not only for, for other, uh, you know, immigrant communities like mine, uh, but for anyone who's growing up in my district. And um, having having that interaction um, and realizing that government isn't this, you know, omnipresent um, force uh, that that many of us, or that in my case, I grew up thinking it was, um, you know, it's someone who's who's flesh and blood and should be coming out to your door, um, asking what your needs are, and and being able to uh, convey that and be the voice for you. Uh, so it it was it was an incredible experience. And you'll be sworn in? I will be sworn in January 1st, hmm. 2019. And your official uh, title? State Representative of District 13, and that's for Providence and Johnston in the state of Rhode Island. We're all clapping our hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Mario. And thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you, Lori. Have a good day. Peter, this speaks so much to how important immigrants are to our country and what they bring in richness and insight. Well, you know, we, we could read a stack of sociology books about the, the challenge of bowling alone and how much individualism has sapped uh, the strength of American culture. And... My experience, both as a scholar and as a member of a community, 
has been every immigrant group that comes to the United States, whether it was the Swedes in the 1840s or the Karen in the 2010s, they show us all once again the possibility of living in a community where people care for each other, uh, where people have each other's backs, where mutuality is really important. And my reading of American history is there's been a continual tension between individualism and mutuality. And part of the hope that you're looking for rather than the hate comes out of building that mutuality and extending its boundaries beyond the specific community within which we live to extend to all of the people, and not just all of the people in our city or our country, but all of the people in the world. In our next segment, David O'Fallon, who is the president of the Humanity Center, I am looking forward to having you share, from your point of view, where we are. Um, the Humanities Center does a wonderful job of bringing people together to share their stories mm -hmm. and to move us forward. Um, so I'm going to have the audience have that little cliffhanger. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we're listening to, you're on Connections Radio Show, where we're rocking the vote. And if you have questions about voting, go to rockthevote.org. We're going to advocate for them to also have a Spanish translation in the future. <laughs> but it's a great place to get your information. Thanks so much. And we'll be right back after just a few commercials. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm John Peterson of Ferndale Market, and I'm the third generation to grow turkeys on our family farm in Cannon Falls. We've grown them the same way since 1939, free range and without antibiotics. We're proud of the way our turkey tastes naturally, so we don't add a thing. Just 100% pure turkey. Reserve your free range Thanksgiving turkey today for pickup at our store right on the farm in scenic Cannon Falls or at one of our Metro retail partners. Visit us at FerndaleMarket.com for more information or to reserve your turkey today. Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong? Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong? Think about it. They all hold the hate? Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate? Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. This is Chad, owner of AM950 here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. 
I'm your host, Lori Fitz, and we've been talking about rocking the boat. I know you are all out there ready to vote, and I am I am so happy that you are. Uh, I've got a great AM 950 progressive audience that, that care deeply about the issues we're talking about. I also believe that there are lots of folks out there that you know that, um, that haven't made the decision to vote. And we have a responsibility not only to vote, but to share our stories with others. And today we've been sharing our stories in hopes that you feel more confident thinking about what do you want to tell your friends? What do you want to tell your family? How do you want them to know why voting is important and challenge them to go to the polls? Maybe even drive them if you need to. (laughs) But let's get more folks there. My guests today have included my co-host today, Peter Ratcliffe from the Eastside Freedom Library. Thank you, Peter, for being Honored here. Honored to be here. We also have had Tabitha Montgomery, who spoke in the first segment very passionately as well. And she's with the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association. Welcome. It's still morning. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, we were blessed also to have Kati Versailles, who is Cuban-African-American, sharing her story about how important the vote is and understanding how to share with others in meaningful ways, why to vote, how to vote, and what are the choices for voting. Buenos dias. Yes, uh, we must talk about languages as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Asma Mohammed, thank you for being here as the advocacy director for RISE and sharing your passionate story of why it's important to get out the vote and to have leaders that hear all of us. Thank you, Larry. David, you were mentioning uh, during break uh, about languages. Uh, Tell us about the uh, languages and the need for... Well, in this spirit of uh, including everybody Mm -hmm. and connecting everybody, uh, there are some false stories that are occasionally told that deliberately lie about people and leave people out. And in many ways, the work of the Humanities Center has been restoring and bringing forward all these different stories. So just a couple of classic examples of this. Some people say that, for example, uh, ballots and should be printed in a single language and everybody should learn English. It's probably a good thing that people learn English. It's the dominant language. But the fact is, in northern Minnesota, when there were many immigrants brought in to, to carry out the timber and the mining industries, ballots and voter information were printed in multiple languages. These are available at the Historical Society. So the spirit, imperfect as it is, the spirit in this nation has always been to find ways to bring people into the civic structure, to help them vote, to inform them, to make them a voice that has agency in the culture, if you will. In other words, somebody's listening to me and what I say matters. And I want to bring this, you know, enough of the Minnesota nice stuff, you guys. Yeah, it's, you know, you got the privilege to vote. Men and women have died Mm -hmm. to protect your right to vote, and it's still going on today. We are in the longest war in American history. We've been at war since 2001, so 17 years of war. Minnesota has some of the most deployed men and women in the nation. We know men and women who've been deployed 12, 14, 15 18 times because this is an all-volunteer army and the men and women from Minnesota do this job exceptionally well. Yet that war is invisible to most of us. Mm -hmm. Yet they are in many ways standing up for, imperfect as it might be, the obligation that we have to vote. If you are a citizen in this nation, you have an obligation to vote. I also want to point out, by the way, that some of the the, uh, Ojibwe and Dakota peoples are the most represented in the armed forces and by proportion of the population they serve the most and yet we have men and women who are denied the right to vote because they are indigenous in this Mm -hmm. country right now. That is such a distortion of our basic American values. I want to dig deep. Patriotism in this country means you vote. Patriotism in this country means you stand up for the best of who we are. You don't build on fear. You don't send people to the border to keep men and women and children from entering into this free nation. You want Asking for asylum. Asking for asylum. Asking if for you refuge. want real security in this nation, you include everybody. You listen to everybody and you build relationships. That's security. If you want freedom, 
then you make sure everyone is informed, everyone is involved, everyone has a passionate voice, everyone has a stake in this culture. We hold this land in common. Everybody here was either born here thousands of years ago, or you were brought here to be enslaved, or you're an immigrant. I am proud of my family, but we're Irish-German immigrants. We've been here a couple hundred years. The Dakota have been here thousands of years. There are artifacts of human community out at the confluence of the Minnesota and the Mississippi rivers that are 8,000 years old. We live on Dakota and Ojibwe land now. Let's just say that out loud. To keep people who've been here that long from voting, <laughs> this is un-American. Patriots include everybody. Patriot fighters fight for the right to vote. That's where I stand. It's an obligation and a responsibility as a citizen. So do it. And now what I want everyone to do is just go around and give one last plea for folks that are out there listening about how to rock the vote. I'm going to start with you, Asma. Share with, with our audience about why it's so important to vote. I think it's important to vote because if you don't, I'm going to be speaking for you. <laughs> no, um, but in, in all reality, it's. I think it's important for all of us to make sure that our voices are at the table because there are people that are going to make decisions about us. And if we're not there, then they're never going to hear us. Um, I know that there are people in my family who have told me that they don't want to vote, but I am bringing every single person that I care about to the polls because I want them to know that where there are enough resources for all of us if we really try to make sure that our representatives know that and are reminded that. Um, the politics right now don't allow for that and make us believe that we should be pitted against one another, but that's not the case. So that's why. That's Asma Mohammed from RISE, and she is the advocacy director. Tabitha Montgomery, Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association Executive Director. Listen, voting isn't magic, but I do think voting is a key. So go out and see what doors you can unlock. Kari Versailles, who is a consultant for visitor services. Don't just be a voter, birth a voter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Reckless, who is my co-host uh, today from the Eastside Freedom Library. So I'm going to steal two things that Laurie has had to say. So one is vote for hope, not hate. Um, and the second is don't just vote yourself, but bring somebody else along with you. That's Those are things that we can do. We can all birth a voter. <laughs> David. Own this vote. Your individual vote actually matters. You can look at numbers. You can talk about that. But I also want to enforce again, I feel a sense of responsibility for myself and for others. Men and women have died to create the conditions that allow you to vote in safety and security. It's not okay to sit it out. We have a delicate agreement called democracy that we could lose uh, if we do not own it. And I want everyone to own it by going out to vote and bringing people they care about to vote. Think about your story. Share your stories. Stories allow us to understand each other in very powerful ways. I want to thank everyone who shared their story today. Um, and thank you for voting. And thank you for bringing more people to vote. Because Tuesday, we're going to rock the vote. Or today, until 3 p.m. <laughs> <laughs>